Robson's Hello, welcome. I am Steve Martin, ambassador of radio and production envoy. And stepping into my high commission of creativity today are three of UK's uh, most celebrated radio production pros. Their positions recently confirmed with wins for each of them at the Sony Radio Academy Awards. Please welcome, firstly, Richard Culver from BBC Radio 4. Hello. It's your first time on the podcast. It is, yes. Pleasure to be here. Good to have you here. James Stodd recently moved from... In fact, how long ago did you move from the BBC to Jack FM on the South Coast? Time flies when you're having fun. October last year. And Chris Ray from Radio 2. Hello. Wow, October last year. God, <laughs> it doesn't seem that long ago since we were having cross-trails meetings. <laughs> and what's it like to be reunited with your former colleagues? Uh, it's, it feels like old times, except for once I'm not bringing bad news. <laughs> Richard, I want to ask you first of all about winning the Sony for the best promotional stroke advertising campaign. Promos work and advertising and Radio 4 don't always go together in people's minds. What's it like doing that work at a pretty serious speech radio station? I think it's, uh, it's always going to be a challenge when you've got such a, a passionate, dedicated audience and such a broad schedule. But that's kind of why we trail stuff, is that we have got stuff like the Gothic Imagination, which we won the award for, which obviously is you know, dark Gothic drama. The same week you might have a documentary on gun trade and uh, you know, something with Jarvis Cocker. So you've, you've got that broad spectrum of programmes which we need to highlight to our audience. So... Uh, it's, it's a natural thing to do, really, for us. How creative can you be? I think when you've got a programme that allows it, like the Gothic Imagination, I think you can stretch things out, be as creative as you want. Uh, I think another example, we did uh, open air early this year where we gave some airtime to some artists and they basically had to do whatever they want. And they came back with some quite far-fetched soundscapes and our trails reflected that, I think. You wouldn't do it with a news programme. You wouldn't do it with something heavier. Um, but, you know, we've got a licence to, to push things a bit when we can. And what reaction do you get from your audience to the promotional work on the station? I think if you get something wrong, we hear about it quite quickly. And that could be the wrong kind of music. That could be uh, superfluous language. That could be the wrong word used. We would hear about it. Uh, I don't think you necessarily hear from an audience if they particularly like something, but if you get it wrong, you hear about it very quickly. And you've got quite a team working with you. It's Yeah, it's, I've, I've got a reasonably big team compared to the other networks, but we have a lot of other responsibilities that other networks don't necessarily have within that team. So my producers don't just make trails, they also produce the continuity for Radio 4, they produce the continuity for 4 Extra, we produce the Comedy Club and some Dimension Strands on 4 Extra, we do interviews, we make shorts. So we have a slightly larger team, but we have a slightly larger remit as well. And almost uniquely now in radio around the world, Radio 4 has a team of announcers, continuity announcers. How do you work with them? It's it's a privilege to have to have those voices there at your disposal, especially when we can use them on trails like we do. Um, and you know, it's 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 a team effort. You know, when we're producing continuity, we it's you know one of our producers and quite often just one of the announcers sat there, and you're planning the day and uh, making sure they've got everything they need. You're there to support them to um, you know make sure the programs are there. There's there's a big operation as you'd expect behind 
the front of Radio 4. So we have a team of people that are responsible for taking the programmes in, scheduling them. Uh, you know, we make the trails, we make sure they go in alongside the media plan provided by the media planner. Um, and, and hopefully it all, it's all seamless on air. And how do you decide whether to use one of the Radio 4 announcers on a trail or to use a, a, a bought-in voiceover? For example, you've been running a big campaign recently for Front Row, and I've heard Lewis McLeod on that. I think we, you know, we use the uh, continuity voices on 95% of everything we do. It's they're the trusted voices of Radio 4, they're the, the listeners' friends in many respects, um, so we'd be foolish not to use that. And as a, as a guide through our schedule that's what they're there for i think when you have something a bit bigger and you can detract from it you you can use a different voice so for the gothic imagination we use the member of the cast um like you say for the front row stuff we use lewis mcleod to match up with the tv trails for that uh we're also just starting a, another season of drama called dangerous visions which we're using holly aired um so we do we used it on the gothic imagination because we wanted to slightly separate it from radio 4 and slightly draw back from the the continuity voice um but yeah 95 percent we use of the voices we have sat in the office well let's hear the audio that won you the award at the sony radio academy awards uh, what should we be listening out for as we hear the audio now I think you, uh, hopefully you'll notice that um, Jack Soper, who produced the trails, uh, really attempted to, say, distance it slightly from Radio 4. So the voiceover is slightly detached. There's, uh, what I'm quite proud of is the, the space that these, the clips and the voiceover has within the trail, that it's not tightly produced in the sense of clip-link, clip-link, clip-link. It's, everything's got time to breathe, and that in some of the trails in in the campaign were a little bit unnerving which was a great thing undo the band around your neck yes yes seminal gothic fiction I am here to guide you through the foothills of scientific knowledge what was your search in a chilling new light I shall never tell another living soul the gothic imagination I need it. You shall not have it. <gasps> Child, you are alive. Across BBC Radio 4, Radio 4 Extra and online. Are you cold? Yes. The Gothic Imagination. Shall I warm you? Shall I wrap you in a coat of fur? Yes. Yes. Uh, On BBC Radio 4. (gasps) You have cut yourself. Bram Stoker's disturbing tale. You must come home now. In a new version by Rebecca Lenkiewicz. Give me your neck now. It's yours. Dracula. Next Sunday afternoon at 3. The thing I noticed listening to that is that, firstly, it's a, it's a wonderful mood piece, but also every word counts. It's very efficient writing. Yes, and again, that comes from writing for Radio 4, is that you don't, we don't sell things, we are just telling the audience what things are and when they're on. Um, and that does instill quite a discipline in terms of writing, is that you, you're condensing everything down and you're looking at every word saying, does that need to be there? Is there a shorter way of saying that? Uh, and as a result, when you have something like that, you can create a real, real big mood in a piece. 
you say you don't sell things on Radio 4. Is that chiselled into the uh, in, into the stone? If, if, it's, if not chiselled, it's certainly in bold font. Yeah. Um, so you would... Um, yeah, no, we, we, we tell, don't sell. That's kind of our... One of the lines we, you know, we keep reminding ourselves. Um, we don't... We're not saying it's amazing. We're not saying it's fantastic. We're just saying what it is and, and let the audience come to their own conclusion exactly yeah. exactly because you've got a pretty bright audience altogether, haven't you we like to think so yes <laughs> yes yes so so they keep telling us <laughs> i want to bring uh, james stodd in now because james when you worked at the bbc you did uh, some cross trails work for a number of years and some of your work ended up on on radio four what do you remember about the audience and their expectations when I first started doing it, I think Radio 4 was the biggest challenge um, because I think I probably put a huge barrier between myself and Radio 4 because I expected it to be harder than it actually was. But I think once you, once we sort of got used to the ways of how they did things and how, how things worked for them, I actually found them... Fairly, fairly easy going. I know the first few trails I made um, probably were, were hard work in terms of going backwards and forwards and actually getting them to work. But I think by the end of it, they all, particularly for the you know for documentaries and the sort of art space stuff and the the BBC Four stuff, I think the tone was just so similar in terms of what they what they did. Um, and actually, some, sometimes you know, apart from the really challenging ones, which were going to be a challenge wherever we put them on the BBC, um, comedy stuff like comedy, it's got a natural home on radio. Four. So when we had to do uh, the Ricky Gervais comedy "Life's Too Short," actually, ra- ra- it worked really well on Radio Four, and um, it, 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 it's, it sat really nicely. And you know, we did some other ones for uh, for the seventies. We did a show on BBC Two about all about the seventies, and I tr- I probably tried watering it down more than actually it needed to. And in the end, we ended up going running with the same version that we ran on Radio Two. You know, so I think sometimes it, it, you can put the barriers in there. I think you have to be you have to be aware of what what that audience expects, but then I also have to think, well, I listen to Radio Four, and what would I, you know, what, what would I, you know, what would make me want to listen as well? And I, I think there's, there's always a danger, and particularly across all all the BBC channels. Sometimes when you're actually inside there, you you, you sort of you think exactly the same way all the time and you say it's, there's a danger you don't necessarily sort of step outside and just think all the time how the how the audience perceives it as well well you've left that world behind yeah. let's talk about your move from the bbc to jack fm on the south coast how's it been uh it's it's been eye-opening it's been cathartic <laughs> i think probably after after a few years at the bbc but i don't think i i, I don't think i'd have um, enjoyed it so much if I hadn't been through that BBC process actually because I think the one thing that working on trials within the BBC sort of taught me was actually to sort of think think very much about the sort of the story you're telling mm-hmm. and also um, how, how to use words and how, how to be creative and how to allow yourself to be a little bit more experimental and push yourself in different ways as well really. And what do you miss most from the BBC days? Uh, possibly the time in terms of in terms of thinking about how a campaign works but I think sometimes having so much time and it wasn't lots of time but it was different projects and sometimes the lead times were quite sort of huge and also the number of people who get involved and the sort of different things it had to go through actually now I can think of an idea talk to someone about it write something 
and if we like it, we put it on air. Uh, and you know, and we can you know try something, put it on air, listen to it, say actually you know what it is, it's not quite working, and then take it and tra- change it. And it's 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 never it's never going to damage us that much. Um, and I sort of miss that. And I think that's that's the main thing I was missing. I'd got to a stage where I wasn't physically ha- hands on making things. I, I, I sat down once and I wasn't able to do something on Pro Tools, and it was something really simple. And I thought I, I either make a decision to go back to making trails or I just you know carry on doing this and go in a different direction and that's that's what sort of forced the decision I think really. Chris Ray you've said on this podcast before that with your work at Radio 2 you consciously put time aside in your diary every day to sit down at Pro Tools is that is that still possible? Oh yeah absolutely but I mean James's description of what you do on uh, as a, on a radio station is spot on uh, for Radio 2 obviously I don't know and the setup of Radio 4 is uh, very different from the setup of Radio 2 but at 2 it absolutely is definitely about sitting down there and making stuff it's not about sitting in lots and lots of meetings although inevitably they happen and you have to then manage that time and try and almost add the other bits of time where you're not in meetings together to then make Make stuff and actually write things and you know try and do something creative um but that's just part of anybody's job i think these days um being part of a network is uh, just the same as being part of any radio station you know, you're sitting with program teams you're talking to them talking to the presenters uh, and you are very much a part of it and is that the same for you richard yeah i mean we're slightly detached from our a lot of our program content because we're kind of a commissioning house if you like rather than a, a, a radio station like radio 2 but certainly in terms of trying ideas i mean the gothic imagination trials that was trials that you know jack brought to me we sort of bounced around on the creative a little bit and then he went away and made them and then they went on air so you know there's not that's not a huge complicated process um and but do you sit down at the at the workstation putting tags on trails yourself I try to keep my hands dirty. It's um, you know not just trail making, but with the you know the continuity stuff that my team does as well, because I think it's it's really difficult to uh, to lead a team like that if you if they don't think that you can do it yourself. I think the key difference, which we all, which we used to regularly discuss, is that for radio, certainly for stations like Radio Two and Six Music, is the trails sit within programmes. They don't sit in commercial breaks. In that kind of the programme's finished or the programme's paused, there is a break and it starts again. You know, when Steve Wright plays a trail, as far as the listener's concerned, you know he's chosen to play that. Um, so the presenters also see it as much more a part of their programme. And if they're playing something that they're not very happy with, then of course we hear about it. And it, that was always part of our discussion as to what was going to fit best within, you know, Chris Evans or within with any, any programme on the network. Well, look, the reason we're all here, of course, is that uh, we've all won something at the Sony Radio Academy Awards, although, to be fair, I won most of mine in the last century. Um, <laughs> but, James, you've picked up the silver for the best station imaging at Jack FM, the South Coast, and you've only joined the station back in October. So yeah. in, in what state was did you find it when you arrived? Oh, it was, it was in, a, in a good state. I mean, I, th- I think the thing about, I think about Jack is it, it's, it's mainly about the, the words and the writing. The production puts polish and it can, it can add something to it. But even you take most of that away, it still is very much what you know, Jack FM's about, particularly you know, the bits between the songs. It's just words. Very rarely is there any sort of music, you know, the, the odd sound effect. So it's, it's radio in its absolute sort of simplest, simplest its form and I think um, you, know, you look down the sort of the credit list it's not a huge credit list for, the, for that entry but you know three or four people write different bits of it Steve Sims um, our programme director on the south coast writes the ma- 
majority of the promos I write some bits and pieces but he tends to do that because he's living and breathing it day in day out you know we have other people who sort of contribute to writing the, the topical liners and so it was, it was, in, a, it was in a really uh, sort of nice place and I think what what I've, I've enjoyed doing is sort of bringing some different sort of different influences and different skills and having worked on other brands as well I think sort of bringing those sort of nuances into into Jack FM because there are very there's very few rules with it you know because the whole thing is you know we play what we want um, we sort of do things in our own in our own way and I think I think that's what's what's enjoyable about it you know sometimes it's surprising sometimes it's quite traditional um, but we do it's, it's really just taking traditional things and putting a spin on them well let's hear some of it uh, what are we going to hear first for people who've never really heard any Jack stuff I guess in its basic form let's have a listen to some of the bits that you sort of hear between songs Ooh. Ah. Ooh. Ah. 106 Jack FM Hi plebs thanks for listening to Jack remember we play what we want and go through whichever gate we choose Maps. Visit zoopla.co.uk. Jack FM's Old Jokes Home. Our work experience boy accidentally sent a picture of his genitals to. <laughs> ah, dear. Yeah, sorry, I must stop. I'm in furious mood. Dynage style. <clears throat> Poor old Fred Dynage, who's a legendary uh, TV presenter down on the south coast, often the butt of jokes on Jack. It, it's a uh, friendly, a friendly nod to a legend. It's, it's, <laughs> it's uh, he, yes, he, he he gets mentioned in things uh, many times, uh, as do, as does our favourite town out just outside our TSA, which is Basing Joke, um, sorry Basingstoke, and um, it's, it's, it's a butt of all jokes on Jack FM, just because really they can't hear us. So is, I think the thing about Jack, there's, there's lots of little in jokes that just happen in different ways uh you know i i particularly like that firework one because that was a fi- that was a fireworks day sweeper that played on the for- uh, on the fireworks night and it's just him looking at fireworks and mm. it's just it's <laughs> something as simple as that it doesn't need to say anything it's just it's just there the, the whole point is that you know this is a radio station where for 20 hours a day there are no presenters uh, so the, the, the content is from you know the, the creativity in the promos, the, the sort of topical things that he says, uh, and even you know the creativity within the sponsor sponsor lines. Then they're, they're not just very rarely they're very rarely straight. They usually have, have got something funny about them. That sort of combination tied with a, you know, a breakfast show, which is, is sort of not particularly traditional in terms of how Bam Bam does things it's a personality breakfast show and then it's um topical lines and funny lines through the day so it's, it's quite a different different spin on things really and what's it like working with bam bam actually what i really want to ask is has he mellowed yet 
Well, Bam Bam is a creative uh, uh, person, like, and like many creative people and uh, personalities, uh, they are often misunderstood. But today, uh, he, he called me into the studio and he, he said, "I found these. I found, he had some ideas for some things he wanted to do, you know." And he, he's very much part of the station, you know. He, he's done a couple of you know, listener events for us, which he, he sort of never did elsewhere, you know. So, uh, yeah, he's, 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 he's good fun to work with. That's the slower pace of life outside London. Quite possibly, yeah. He lives in the New Forest now, so... (laughs) (laughs) That's highly incongruous. (laughs) Well, yeah, I know, but, you know, uh, people change. Uh, Okay, what are we going to hear next? Uh, right, so this is one of the uh, one of the promos from the from the Sony entry. Um, this was for our uh, no request weekends. So you know, like commercial radio stations <laughs> do all request weekends. We don't no request weekends because if you send a request into Jack, we'll put it in the bin. We have a shredder or whatever. So um, you know, wh- why wouldn't we have no request weekends? So uh, this is uh, one example of that. If you're wondering when we'll start playing your song request here at Jack FM, here's when. One two. Never gonna play your songs, never gonna work you choose, never gonna run a request program, never gonna say alright, never gonna change our mind, never gonna let you compile our playlist. Hey! Jack FM's No Request Weekend, this weekend, with the Sixpenny Brewery Dorset. Brewers of 106 Jack FM Ale. The ale that refreshes the parts request playing stations can't reach. Please drink responsibly. Uh, you did really well there to get Paul Darrow singing. Well, almost. We, well, <laughs> this is the thing. Occasionally he has done singing and he can just about do it. Uh, on, on, on that one, no, uh, it, it, just, it was just awful. <laughs> I can't do it. And I, uh, I, I spent about an hour, or a couple of hours trying to auto tune him and I just gave up. And in the end, we just, because uh, we've got the, the luxury, we've got Paul Darrow, but we've also got Mark Silk, who does you know, millions of voices. And um, I just said, well, actually, let's just get him to sing it as this sort of club singer character. So that. It, the great thing about having someone like Mark is we, we've, we've started to sort of develop a, um, a suite of characters that we can use for different things. So, um, yeah, for, for, for that one, it's the sort of club singer where he can do that and he does that in different styles. Uh, there's another one we may have time to play, which is uh, these uh, American news anchors uh, who, um, who we, we actually just did as a, as a, a, a get, get, getting a way of recruiting um, Jackpack volunteers or people to come and work with us. But uh, now we actually use them uh, around sort of events that we're at as well so you can do things in a, in a different way I don't know if you've got time to play it go on with all your breaking news I'm Chuck McGutsup the so-called Jack Pack have been spotted across the south coast here's Hugh with more Chuck they're looking for confident people and promising a fun time for anyone who joins them eyewitnesses tell us their new recruits have to love meeting new people and be able to drive with the word on the street I'm Hugh Jazz the Jack Pack want you if you really want to join them Email jobs at jackradio.com. I'm Chuck McGudsup, and I am 80% horse meat. <laughs> so, so just just by doing that, you can come, and it's a silly concept, but it's just it's just quite fun. But actually, that just came out of being something for a, a bit of a filler promo in sort of split commercial breaks. And now we, we we have him, and he introduces one of our jackpack girls, who sort of says where the jackpack are going to be. So instead of doing this very sort of straight 
Come and join us this week, uh, where you can win a get a car sticker or whatever. Uh, we can do it in a in a, in a fun fun sort of way, and uh, that also that, that sort of translates actually into you know the merchandising that we have and the sort of stuff that we use on it. In fact, I've got you a goodie bag, Chris. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Oh, brilliant! Look at this goodie bag for you wow, as well. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, Steve oh, as well. James, so, you're yeah, a star. Thank you. It's an example, right? It's Jack doing it. It's their own way. It's all right. So we have. Pork scratchings, uh, Jack FM pork scratchings. They're nice. just about still in date as well. <laughs> um, we have a uh, Jack FM ale uh, glass, which uh, are at the pubs that uh, stop Jack FM ale as well. Uh, and obviously there's a mug and a bottle opener and whatever. And some uh, sweets there for my daughter. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. So, but it's, it's um, I mean, that's the whole thing. I think that's what I'm, I'm enjoying about it is, you know, there, there are rules and actually you do things in a, it is a very tra- traditional way with a, with a twist. You've gone, James, from having, as you were saying before, a step away to now actually running a lot of the content that is now on the radio station. So you do something, you change your voiceover and that has a massive impact on the station sound. Yeah, and I think that's what that's what I missed, you know, because actually that you know you you know this, you know, you you, you commission a new jingle package for Radio Two, you, you you ultimately change the whole whole sound of the station, you know, for for the Breeze Network. Um, within within three months, we changed how how we just you know, process the voice, how we use use the voiceover, and it was you know essentially the same voiceover you used to use you know, you've had on Six Music before, Gina, mm. and she but in a different way, and and it's it's the whole station. We've added sort of new jingles and new ways of doing things and it's just brightened it up and lifted up the way a whole whole network runs 25 days 296 questions three winners pack your bags we're going to hollywood it's a yes yes will you be the next where in the world Returns September across the Breeze Network. Richard, at Radio 4, do you have that opportunity or is everything you make disposable? In terms of the voices or...? Well, in terms of making changes on the station that just change people's long-term perceptions of Radio 4. I mean, I think, thankfully, those decisions aren't down to me and my team. That's people higher up whose heads roll if they get it wrong. Um, we, we, we make little tweaks, and we, you know, the, the way we talk about certain things. So um, we've started talking about ourselves as the home of radio comedy, um, because we are, frankly, um, with us and 4Extra. So little things we've tried to seep in there, but, I mean, you're never going to get quick wholesale change like James was talking about on Radio 4. You know, 4 Extra was a, a good opportunity for us to kind of realign that station and, and still some of the Radio 4 values, but you know, with one less button done up on the shirt maybe um, uh, we, were, we were quite pleased how that's turned out, but no, you're never, you're never going to turn Radio 4 around very quickly. Right, Chris Ray, you're sat here with James. James picked up the silver you triumphed in the Sonys with the station imaging gold. Congratulations. Thank you very much. It was, uh, yeah, amazing. I remember sat at the table as they were reading out, you know, when they do the judges' comments. I looked at Robert, who's our editor, and he said, oh, my God, I think we've actually won. <laughs> it's quite scary, but, no, really, really pleased. And you've put a lot of work into the station in the last 12 months, and you have changed the sound of it very dramatically. 
Yeah, um, the new jingle package which went on on the 16th of July last year, which is a date emblazoned in my brain. Uh, I still remember standing at 6.30 in the morning as Chris was about to hit the first jingle and kick the breakfast show off with a new package. But, uh, yes, we were working with a lot of the presenters on Radio 2 who are also quite musical, some people like Claire Teal and Huey Morgan, um, the BBC Concert Orchestra, and we were trying to really capture the essence of Radio 2 and have that running through the station sound. And so we actually were using the sound of Radio 2 to create the new jingle package. And now, of course, record audiences. I know, it's amazing. Uh, I I think when you see the the radars come in, it's just incredible. I mean, we're so lucky as a radio station uh, to be in this position. But, I mean, whether it continue, I don't know. I hope so, maybe. Who knows? How how exposed do you feel up there, 15 point whatever it is, million? I think if you feel that... I think the only thing you can do is try and do the best job that you can. And it's the same for the programme teams. as everybody else who works in Western House. Um, and if people like that, then that is fantastic and we're over the moon. But, you know, we've got a... It, it, it's still the same deal. We're ultimately an entertainment radio station, uh, which is, has an adult base. Um, and we're looking to do something that is distinctive from what else is already available. Uh, and if that's proven popular, I mean... Then, then that is fantastic, and we're all absolutely thrilled. What are we going to hear? Well, what I've got is just a couple of clips from our uh, Sony entry. Uh, the first one uh, is the uh, the new Chris Evans Breakfast Show opener at 7am, which we recorded with uh, the London Community Gospel Choir. Um, and then uh, there's a Popmaster jingle with the BBC Concert Orchestra. And then also we did uh, a number two promo, uh, which was something we just tried, which is a bit different, which I think on Radio 2, uh, obviously we can't push the boundaries quite as much as Jack FM, but is good on 2 just to have a bit of fun with something. Online, on digital radio, and on 88 to 91 FM, BBC Radio 2. Ladies and gentlemen, oh. this is your radio talking, yeah. and we want to wish you all Here we go again. 10.27, the brand new sound of Popmaster. Hey. Oh, I'm energised already, just listening to that. Marvellous, the BBC Concert Orchestra and friends. And the Popmaster jingles. You'll be hearing them every day from now on. Here is our first contestant, John Hutchinson of Weymouth. Thank you, Moira. And now my favourite trail that we're playing at the moment. The time has come to rewrite history. To say to the world we didn't really mean for these songs to be number one. Stand up for good, decent music. Music that never reached the top spot because of this. Join Tony Blackburn on his quest for the UK's favourite number two song. Over Christmas, he'll count down the top 40 as voted for by you. Help us rewrite history by voting for your favourite number two track from our list on the BBC Radio 2 website. And please, don't make us do this again. (laughs) 
Please do it again. I love the way that you just take the listener by the hand and take them through that step by step <laughs> as you kind of peel back the layers and explain it. <laughs> yeah, it was just something... It was actually something that was born out of a creative challenge because we couldn't put... Because the... the uh, this is very BBC, this. Uh, because the prize had a value, which was that the whoever was voted as their nation's favourite number two would be made an official number one by the UK Charts Company. So it meant that we couldn't actually use any of the top 50 in the trail because then it would be undue prominence. So then we had to come up with a different treatment. Of course, then we thought, well, what about all those really dreadful number twos that kept off the great number ones? And that was what gave that birth. But I think one of the things that, um, that we do on two that is quite different to probably a lot of other stations is that we are very happy. And it does, you know, it's not always good, but mostly that presenters talk around the trials. And... Uh, you know, sometimes you know presenters may like stuff, and sometimes they may not. But gem- generally, they do because we always have that in mind. And then when they endorse something, as Chris just endorsed that there by talking it up and talking around the trail, it just magnifies the message so much. Richard at Radio Four, when John Humphreys is playing the trails in before the news on the Today program in the morning, how easy is it to get him to endorse it from the presenter's point of view? It's, uh, I think, like Chris says, it's, when they do, it's amazing. And we, we actually write the Q&A for everything on the Today programme. And when you get it right and when they sound engaged, it's fantastic. We did a trail for a film season a while ago and it was the, the teaser trail was just clips of really significant bits of music from films. And there was about 12 in this 30-second trail. And uh, I remember Evan and John came off the back of it and tried to identify as many of them as they could, which in the Today programme was almost unheard of. Uh, and it was fantastic. You hope that they say something, but if they don't, you hope that they keep quiet rather than expressing their disgust at it. Or there's, or, or there's the Radio 4 pause after the back of it. Hmm. Oh, yes. <laughs> Nothing yes. said. Yes. <laughs> Are there any things on Radio 4 that you simply would never promote in the Today programme? We, we, we're careful about it. We, you know, we keep the lighter stuff away from the uh, top of the hours just because you're going straight into a news bulletin. And it, you know, it makes sense. Quite often comedies will be kept out of the Today programme and out of the news programmes. Once we, we had... Uh, a six music cross promotion on Radio 4 which was largely in German uh, which fitted beautifully on Radio 4 <laughs> and what I particularly loved was the continuity announcer who came off the back of the cross trail and then spoke in German because of course <laughs> if you're listening to Radio 4 you indeed probably have at least a couple of languages that you're fluent in <laughs> but the, I think it just goes to show with the right kind of approach you can actually push the boundaries creatively uh, for a station like Radio 4 as much as any other station Chris let's hear another bit of your audio you did win the gold after all oh <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so this was another trail for uh, it was for a documentary and Ali did uh, this trail the first one for Amazing Grace where we didn't actually have any of the content first we just knew it was a documentary about the uh, really the story behind Amazing Grace uh, as a piece of music also in this there's Jamie Collum's jazz jingle sung by Claire Teal um, and also a new approach that we tried with breakfast trailing rather than the traditional breakfast retrospective trail of a clip of what was on the show we decided to feature the team uh, who are referenced on the programme quite a lot and them talking about what it's like to work on the Chris Evans Breakfast Show. Amazing Staten tells the story of one of the world's most celebrated hymns. I want 
but now I'm found. How sweet the sound. The story of amazing grace. Tuesday night at 10 on 88 to 91 FM. BBC Radio 2. You see, that's where your licence fee is going. It's not, it's not paying rubbish people like me. That's what the BBC do best. That is going to be fantastic, it's Sally. It's going to be amazing. Chris Evans at breakfast. I'm Susie Sue, and I've been working on the Chris Evans Breakfast Show for nearly three years. And I'm Super Sam, and I've been working on the Breakfast Show for about a year and a half. Good morning! My favourite memory of working on the show so far is abseiling off a 200-foot building. And my favourite memory has to be meeting the gorgeous Gary Barlow. Oh, this is... I'm glad I got out of bed. And she tried to kiss him. (laughs) I didn't! I didn't! If we had to describe Chris in one word, I would say marvellous. Or magnetic. No, majestic. Magnificent. Waking up the nation from 6.30 on BBC Radio 2. Now you become, have you stretched before you did that? Oh, no, no, no. I was listening to your yoga exercises earlier on. I, my head is back touching the... T- I can't move! Please get in there. Oh, no, not again. He's gone again. Help! Oh. Yeah, and obviously Ken's jingle at the end in one of the three chords that he has available to him to match the song that goes next. Although it's interesting, after I mentioned uh, the thing about Ken's jingles being in three different keys, uh, Ken dropped me an email saying there is a bit of a problem with that. I've got Flashdance this morning, and that doesn't that doesn't match anything. Chris, thank you very much, and James and Richard. We're going to hear some of the audio that inspires you to make great work very shortly. But first, the ear shout. Yes, the ear shout is where we take a few seconds to acknowledge, hang on, that's not strong enough, to marvel at you and your contribution to the Earshot inbox if you've been in touch recently. You can email steve at earshotcreative.com and we're Earshot Creative on Twitter and Facebook. Now, Oliver Dukcevic spotted a brief snatch of his own voice in our podcast from the Vox event we published uh, back at the end of May. Uh, so hello, Oliver. Hello also to Simon Prentice and Chris Stevens. I met them both in Salford, where we talked about audio software, workflow practices, connectivity, gripping conversation. <laughs> and I don't know if you heard the work from Davis Mozaru that we played on the uh, earlier show. Well, Davis did, uh, and he's written to us. What has he said, uh, Richard? He says, hi Steve, I can't find precise words to thank you. The podcast is awesome, we've learned a lot, especially directing voiceover artists. I absolutely like everything in the podcast, from its rich content, the way it's presented, and the cutting-edge packaging. It's amazing, it's simply the best. I treasure the mention I got in the podcast, thank you, capital letters and an exclamation mark. It's among the highest honours a creative audio producer can receive. Thank you, (laughs) David. That is really sweet. And David sent uh, on a text message to me, he says, "Um, I'm ecstatic right now. My work being heard on the Earshot Creative Review is like winning gold at the Sony Radio Academy Awards. Is it, Chris? Uh, Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Carl Wasty and Guy McDonald have been in touch. They're in Cape Town, Good Hope FM, and they sent us this promo for their breakfast show. 
Um, hello? Hi, Aiden, baby, it's me. I have your credit card with me and I'm at the mall and I just wanted to ask you, is this dress that I really, really like and I want to know, can I get it? How much? It's only six grand. Get it? Oh, babe, and I'm going to go past that car place, so I was hoping that, you know, I really want to get that 4 by 4 as well. Is that okay? How much? It's only 450,000 rand. For that price, I want all the accessories. Oh, my word, Aiden. I love you so much. I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. Love you too. Uh, does anybody know whose phone this is? Picking up the wrong phone is like picking up the wrong breakfast show. Awkward and uh, a waste of time and money. Wake up with Good Hope FM Breakfast. 95.3 and 96.2 in the Cape. 91.9 in Villiersdorf. 90.2 in Hamanus. 6 to 9 a.m. <laughs> Did you hear the gag coming? No. <laughs> I loved it. It's a good one. Yeah. We're told the spot has prompted a vast wave of listener reaction in the UK. I tell you, that would include accusations of sexual stereotyping. But just one thing, I didn't understand that list of frequencies. If you're hearing the spot, haven't you already found the station? I don't know. Maybe the audio is being run elsewhere or it's a, it's a branding policy or a, a reason to name check a bunch of those local communities. I'd love to know the thinking behind that, guys. But most of all, well done for making something fun and stable out that's clearly connected with listeners a competitive market cape town and you know we'll play great audio from anywhere on this podcast so if you're making good radio promo spots ads or imaging and would like to share them just email steve at earshotcreative.com or find earshot creative on facebook and twitter let's play the audio that has inspired us to uh, ever greater things richard what have you brought it's a, a trail for Radio 1's Hackney Weekend last year, which uh, clocks in a, a quite weighty 1 minute 45, which uh, I just uh, love how ballsy they are just to put a massive list of the acts on and run it for that long. It's just, I, th- I, think, it, I think it's really brave, and I think it reminds you that you don't always have to have a really clever, creative idea. Actually, doing something really straightforward is great. This is quite a list. There's so many people on, isn't there? Right, here goes. <clears throat> BBC Radio 1's Hackney Weekend 2012. Come on! Yes! Two days, six stages, 100,000 people, and this lot. Let's go! Rihanna, Kasabian, Florence and the Machine, Ed Sheeran, Example, Rizzle Kicks, Mindless Behaviour, Nas, Jack White, Rudimental, Delilah, Rita Ora, Sean Paul, Andy C, Dead Mouse, Ben Howard. Oh, I love Ben Howard. Oh. Keep going. The Vaccines, B.O.B., The Maccabees, Leona Lewis, Lost Profits, Wretch 3-2, Swedish House Mafia, Enter Shikari, Santa Gold, Sway, Michael Kiwanuka, Devlin, Tiny Temper, Maverick Sabre, Nero, Madian, Flux Pavilion and Dr. P. Flowrider, Sub Focus, Debange, Dappy, Chase and Status, BBK, Ray Songs, Plan B, Labyrinth. Is that a wrap? No, you got to turn it over. Oh. <laughs> David Guetta, Chip, Tinchy Strider, DJ Fresh, Emily Sander, Eric Pritz, Bombay Bicycle Club, Acelia Banks, Lethal B, Egyptian, Professor Green, Magnetic Man, Lana Del Rey, Tayo Cruz, Nicki Minaj, Will I Am, Calvin Harris, Jesse J, Jay Z. 
BBC Radio 1's Hackney Weekend 2012. 23rd and 24th of June. Listen, watch and share it all on Radio 1, 1 Extra and BBC 3. Retro boy! Uh, well, it's just a great example, isn't it, about... <laughs> Basically, in a trail. Can you feature every every other artist? And you're thinking, really? Okay, then. <laughs> great, a great creative treatment. And actually, the thing that really makes it work so well is the VO and her genuine reactions to what Matt, who's the producer, is asking her to do. Brilliant. I, it's just it's just the idea of using outtakes or bits that you wouldn't normally use. You know, and genuine reactions, I think, are always fun. Yeah, it's it, 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 the listeners. It's sort of peek behind the behind the curtain of how you do things as well. I think it's, it's surprising. And have you learnt anything from that that you can use on Radio Four? Well, I mean, we can't unfortunately do a two-minute trail on Radio yeah. Four. But um, no, I, th- I think as I said before, it's, ju- it's just keeping it simple can sometimes have really powerful effects. I think, and I think that shows in that you wouldn't expect to hear that on Radio One. You could be really disparaging about Radio One audiences' attention span, but uh, you know that's that's great. And it's stand out and it gets you noticed. Exactly, exactly. And as James was saying, you sort of hear that behind the scenes thing and, you know, that is genuine and, you know, that's not a, that's not a new trick to have the kind of the VO producer relationship displayed in a trail necessarily, but that sounds genuine to me, or at least most of it does. So, yeah, I think it's really effective. Well, Jack FM's all about getting noticed and being a standout brand and what kind of work do you listen to that inspires you to help you in your, in your production? I think with uh, with a station like Jack, it's it's almost taking a the sort of broadest range of influences because actually, you know, looking at the, the sort of people it's it's aimed at, it's, it's people like me. So it's it's the cultural references of stuff when you know stuff I've grown up with. You know, so we, we're very much mining 70s and 80s TV and culture like that. Um, but also listening to stations and formats elsewhere in the world that do similar sort of things. Uh, maybe sort of some of the the rock stations uh, in Australia. Australia, somewhere like Triple M, which is um, one of the pieces of audio, uh, one of the pieces of audio I've got today, because it's uh, the, the producer who, who does this has got sort of quite a quirky sort of state of mind, I think, and uh, I just like the, the writing and the ideas in there. So I think you can always find different things to inspire you in, in, in different ways. Triple M. Alternate uses for disregarded speed cameras. School photos. Righto, children, say cheese. Cheese. Beautiful. And you're going 27 kilometres per hour. Wow! Triple, triple, triple M. Triple M. Go! Triple M. Could sing the frequency over the intro of songs. 104.9.9. Just choose not to. (laughs) Enrique Iglesias. Attacked by a monkey. Triple M rock. <laughs> you could trace the origins of that kind of radio humour right back to the Goon Show. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, a, a punch sound effect is never not funny. Uh, some, someone falling over is never not funny. It's just sim- it's going back to basics. And I think sometimes there's a temptation with Jack for the, certainly the topical stuff to want to overproduce it and sometimes all it needs is just the voice or sometimes it just needs a sound effect but actually if you need the sound effect to really hammer at home then maybe it's not as funny so it's, it's, it's just getting the right sort of thought you know and sometimes it works and sometimes it surprises people and sometimes it, you just don't need it. James 
and Chris and Richard. Thank you very much. It's been a huge pleasure having you on the show this time. Thank you very much for sharing your time and your audio. No problem. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Next time, uh, other people and their audio. Uh, but from James, Chris, Richard and me, Steve Martin, here in London, bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye. Sponsored by Hobson's. 